Most people underestimate the power of process. They stick it in the back seat and forget about it until it's too late, but they shouldn't. Processes run the world, literally all of it. Stocked supermarkets, on-time trains, and safely landing planes are all made possible by systems of intricate interlinked processes. They are the secret sauce of every great company, and HR teams are responsible for some of the most important processes of all. Onboarding employees, building teams, crafting culture, these vital systems are the lifeblood of every organization. That's why this episode is brought to you by Process Street, the process platform of choice for HR teams around the world. Process Street is a no-code platform that lets you transform your most important HR processes into powerful workflows. Design beautiful employee onboarding experiences with extreme engagement that increase inclusion and reduce turnover. Sync tasks into Slack or Microsoft Teams, automate emails, handoffs, and so much more. Thousands of teams, large and small, trust Process Street to manage their most important people processes. Like Salesforce that used Process Street to onboard all the 3,000 Slack employees after the $27 billion acquisition. You can learn more and sign up for a free account at www.process.st. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. The podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business and quite literally reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for the 100th episode. Holy smokes. I just cannot believe that we are officially in triple digits. It's so insane. Um... I have to take a moment to reflect on this, like 100 episodes. The first thing that I want to say is thank you so much. I would not be at 100 episodes if it weren't for the comments and the reviews and the DMs and the emails and the messages anywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever it's been, that tell me to keep going. And I'm so grateful to be here today in front of you and in your in your ears. Um, to say thank you for this 100th episode. It's just so insane. Like, I never thought when I started this podcast back in October of 2020 that I would be here today. I honestly, I don't know what I thought at all, if I was thinking at all. I think if I was thinking, I probably would not have started a podcast. Um, And that just goes to show you that some things you just have to do and not think too much about. I can't tell you, like every time I get a message or an email or a comment or a review, wherever wherever it is, validates all of the things that I've been working on doing with this podcast, trying to do, actively doing, it just reminds me that the effort that you put into things is the value that you get out. So I'm just so appreciative. I'm so grateful. Thank you for being here. And if you're new to this podcast, thank you for joining. And if you've been here since day one, episode one, wow, thank you. Uh, I know that technically 104 episodes is an official two years, but 100 episodes, like that's something to celebrate. Who celebrates on 104? You know, you celebrate on 100. So I'm sure that on the 104th episode, which has not been recorded yet, that I will celebrate that one too. Um, So it's just wild, it's wild. 
The only way I know how to celebrate a 100th episode is to bring in a couple of my favorite people <laughs> to do a podcast with me. And those two people are Erin Deal, who has been on this podcast before. She is the host of the Improve It podcast. And if you remember from our episode, and I will link it in the show notes in case you haven't listened to it yet, um, she basically brings improv and laughter to team building to encourage a better connected or more connected experience for people. And I just, Erin is like, she is like my soul sister. So um, I'm really excited to have her on. But also we have one of our favorite people joining us as well. And when I say our, it's because Erin and I literally have a fan club for this person. And her name is Jan Janerson. And if you're like, who the F is Jan Janerson? You might know her as Not Sherm Approved on Instagram and everywhere else. So Not Sherm Approved is a viral Instagram account. And the person behind Not Sherm Approved, Jan Janerson, is someone that no one knows. That is her alias. Jan Janerson is not her real name. She will not be herself on video. She will have an avatar. So um, just, just get ready. We are going to have an incredible time. There are lots of laughs shared on this episode. We are going to talk about anything and everything. With that, thank you again. Make sure that you rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this. Leave a comment, five-star review. I would love it. This is like a major milestone and I truly would not be here if it weren't for all of you. So thank you so much again. Make sure you check out the show notes so you can get links to everything. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Two things for everyone listening. This is an explicit episode. If you want to, you know, hear curse words and hear it all and you've got little chickens running around. And when I say chickens, I mean like kids or you have someone with sensitive ears, maybe put in some headphones or listen at a later time. Um, but we want you to listen. And, you know, Jan is one with the um, profanity and actually Jan and Aaron's episode on Aaron's podcast made me realize that it is totally okay to curse with uh -huh. free will. And so this episode is explicit. Yes. Fuck Hell yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? We like all gave it a few seconds. We're yeah. like, let's let them put in their headphones. <laughs> let them digest. Yeah. Let them the AirPods. And yeah. okay, right. Now I can listen because these ladies are about to get right right yeah. and also like if they didn't have enough time to put in the headphones your kids have already heard the curse words come out of your mouth like don't lie to yourself come on we all have had our for bad real, days for real. <laughs> yeah for real for yesterday my three-year-old goes dang it and i said where did you hear that and then i said i know um but, it, <laughs> but you know at least it wasn't the other version but i will say like it is hard to not swear in real life why do we and tracy we you and i talked about this like yeah. why don't we show up with a little bit of swearing on our yeah. podcast that's what we do because it's what we do right and you know what i've realized that i can have a little sprinkle of explicit podcasts you know yes. it doesn't have to all be explicit it could be like a little you know, just a little topping, a little, um, what do they call that salt? Finishing salt. That's oh, all. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. This is the yeah, finishing, finishing salt. <laughs> yeah. Add a little pizzazz. Put a little truffle in that salt. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Use some truffle. I love a truffle salt. Right. Love oh, my God. Salt. I know. A little, little caramel drizzle on the, uh, la, la, la. you know. Oh, Jan, yeah. you know, yes. you just know what we need. 
She touched. Just, just gets us. <laughs> and actually, I realized like I totally failed to intro you guys. But again, it's because we're, you know, this is a little gal pal hangout. And um, I no should. There, there are no rules. There's, there's no structure. There's no rules. This is just going to go off the rails and it's going to be fantastic. It couldn't have said it better myself. And if I had a, a producer, an audio engineer, I would say flush the format and I'd hear like a little flush. But we don't have that here. So, you know, just imagine <laughs> it in your mind. Yeah. There you go. Right. Excellent. Right. Exactly. Um, I had to tell you, I came into this episode saying like, I don't want to have any pre-planned topics because I think the beauty of our relationship as a trio is that we can literally talk for hours and hours about anything and everything. And so with that, I actually, there is one thing that I do want to get your guys' opinions on, and that is quiet quitting. Oh, oh because okay, it's out. I know. I know. <laughs> You know what? Just quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. I I am so tired of this bullshit marketing term (laughs) to refer to nothing more than the patriarchy's abject (laughs) fucking fear that people are only going to do as much work as they're paid for. Oh my God. You're not going to be bullied into... (laughs) Doing above and beyond anymore? I'm tired. I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Quiet quitting. Okay. Do you want us to go back to loud quitting? Uh, I quit. It's it's a slow news week, so they had to create something new on LinkedIn. You know, I don't think it is a slow news week. You're right. You're right. Not not in these here times. Not in this world. (laughs) When former presidents are literally flushing paper, clogging White House toilets, it is not a slow news week. Well, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of flushing in this episode. There's a lot of flushing. A lot of flushing. (laughs) Jan, what is also amazing, which the listeners cannot see, is that I felt like you're emotion come through because your emoji just lights up when you talk actually they will be able to see this oh they will be able to see yeah okay on spotify or youtube okay (laughs) okay all right good to be honest with you i read into it and i'm like okay it's just what i've we've all done it right like we've all done it's just not being feeling like you're seen heard valued not feeling like when you show up at work people care about what you say what you do and so you're like this place sucks let me find another job and mm-hmm. do the bare minimum. I've done it. We've all, totally. I've had, you know, I've witnessed it happen to friends. I've had people do it. And it's like, you know, you got to create a culture where people don't want to feel that way in order for them to stay. And I agree, Jan, it's a marketing term. Like it is. Oh, it is. They're trying to sell us on something. Yes. What are well, they selling I'll, us? I'll tell you what they're selling us on. They're continuing to sell us on hustle culture. This oh, is yeah. The reflective yeah. action of executives that do not know how to talk to the rest of the employees in their water column. They do not know how to do uh, any level of development or, you know, they're, they're not in any way, shape or form okay with change or at least any change that requires them to give up any comfort, security or privilege. And for the most part, what I don't understand is why the idea of quiet, we're gonna call it quiet quitting. I freaking hate that term. But why why more HR people and why more leaders are not embracing this idea of, oh, that person is quiet quitting. Great, 
I'm still at the beginning of when I can conserve them. I am, I can retain them now mm -hmm. because they haven't given notice. They haven't totally gotten fed up. They haven't walked out the door, right? So quiet quitting needs to be remarketed to actual leaders and people who want to bring their employee, employee population closer and keep them retained and keep them happy by recognizing it as the first red flag, the first really blatant red flag. Oh, they're coming in at nine. They are leaving at 501. Huh, they used to come in at eight and leave at six. I'm not a clock watcher, but that is a clear indication that they are starting to, if not, they are disengaging. Let me lean into this employee and say, hey, I just wanna make sure that you are still happy here. I wanna make sure that your time here is valuable and fruitful and all of those things that we want to make this work environment into. So talk to me, everything mm. good, everything not good. It is an absolute effing opportunity, but all these, you know, financial magazine, Forbes and, you know, Bloomberg and it, you see all of these, and I am using air quotes. I am, I am going right <laughs> up against the camera with air quotes. Um, <laughs> we they, feel it. We right, do. They look at, they, they are pivoting quiet quitting as if it is this plague, like, oh, if your employees quiet quit, you need to crack down on them harder. E yeah, Bob, because that works. That, that worked the first time. Yeah, right. that worked the first time. That's what caused this. So your solution is to clamp down to, all right, have fun looking for their replacement. Right. It's honestly, I agree with every single thing that you both have said. And I also, I will add that this episode is coming out after an episode that will be specific to quiet quitting and come out before this one. So for some people who listen to this in real time, they'll have already heard like all of my thoughts on this in a different episode. So I realize we're, we're time travelers here, but, um, <laughs> Podcast space and, and problems, time. Space right? And time. Space and time, space right? Time. Um, construct. Right. It's time is a construct. It's true. Construct. Um, we all have the same amount of time in the day as Beyonce, except she has like millions of dollars of talent to help her get through the day. So yeah. that's okay. God bless her. Yeah. I know. God bless a million times over. She kind of floats around and like just magically waves her hands, and things are just incredible. She's she's yeah. the best. I'm convinced. And, I, I on a horse, you know, like oh. rides on a horse into into a cloud, and we're like, "Yes, queen!" Oh my god, I I love her so much. Her birthday is actually coming up in a few days. Happy birthday, Beyonce! Happy if you're birthday. listening, yeah. That's right. Um, on a side note, though, with the quiet quitting, one of the ways that I initially see saw this and still see this is that. It, I do think it's the anecdote or the antithesis, I should say, to hustle culture. And as someone yes. who is still trying to be a survivor of hustle culture, because mm -hmm. I very much am still like in this mentality of like, if I don't work a million hours a day in everything, not even just in my regular job, but like mm -hmm. the podcast, everything, whatever I do, then I'm going to fail. And this is, we are all, uh, we are all products of hustle culture or we are, you know, warriors against it. But this idea around quiet quitting, I don't think is intrinsically bad. I don't know that it's I not. see it. Yeah. No. And I don't see it as like a marker of disengagement all the time either, especially if someone has 
not necessarily always gone above and beyond. Like for someone like me who always goes above and beyond, if all of a sudden I stopped, yes, uh-huh. total red flag. But I, I think like, and the way that I've kind of talked about this in some of the these HR Slack channels and even on my own Instagram is that there is nothing wrong with it and we have to stop making it out like people have to go above and beyond to be successful. You can do exactly what your job description calls for uh-huh. and still be successful. And I'm tired of this bullshit that people have to, oh, now I'm getting fired up, that people no, have to, no. God, mm. let it unleash mm. me, that people have to, <laughs> that people have to like go do what three people can do as one human being like this is where burnout comes from so we should appreciate that people are doing exactly what they're being asked to do and if you want someone to go above and beyond and that's part of the job put it in the damn job description so someone can say oh well okay that's part of that's going to be what i need to do i'm going to have to do all these other things and there's going to be someone who's an overachiever probably like the three of us who maybe are open to doing that but at some level even if you're an overachiever you're going to burn out it always happens that way yeah, there there has to be a balance. There has mm-hmm. to be a balance within an individual. There has to be a balance within an entire employee population. We are not all robots. We are not all the same. So you're right. We're going to have those that are overachieving, Virgo moon, like completely obsessed with everything in its place and everything has a place for it. And then you've got the people that are going to do what they need to do. They're going to do it well, and then they're going to go home. And then you've got the people that are going to need some help and some coaching and some extra motivation. And all three of those populations are going to are going to be mutable. They're going mm-hmm. to move around. They're going to switch from one thing to the next. And if anything, the last three years of what the world has been going through has needed to teach us. It's that we should be striving for balance, not right. to overachieve, yes. not to burn ourselves Say it out. louder for not. the people in the yes. back. Yes. Clap around, clap around. I, <laughs> yes, JJ. Can I, I like that. I like it. And I. this actually reminds me, when I was, before Improve It, years ago, I was in a, in a job where the burnout was real. I'm talking about 60 some set. Like the expectation was you get to work at nine. If you leave before six or seven, like where, what, what are you doing? And then I looked, I was 27. I looked at the trajectory of my life and I looked at the people who were 10 years older than me. And I was like, this is not what I see in my future. And I remember this is so funny, Jan, that you mentioned red flags. I gave them red flags along the way. I was Mm -hmm. like, I am so burned out right now. I'm going to do something with my time after work that you can't get a hold of me. So you know what I did? I freaking ran a marathon. Okay. I said, I'm going to train because back then there wasn't like a, you couldn't, um, you had to bring like an, like your phone didn't have music on it is what I'm trying to say. We had the little Mm -hmm, pod things. mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Nobody could call me. Good times. And I would just take that time. And I was like, this is the time because I didn't have a family. I didn't have anything else to be like, you can't contact me at 9 PM at night. So I just remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm not going to sign up to do more. I'm not going to do any, you know, I'm going to come in at nine. I'm going to leave at five. And then those red flags continue to happen over time. And I remember my manager sat me down at my review and she was like, you know, 
we're feeling a little pushback on you. You're not giving as much as you were. And I said, you know why? Because I'm training somebody who's a senior level above me to do my job. Somebody mm. got hired into this company. And I said, and I'm tired. And I told her. And then I quit about a month and a half. Yes, after. you did. And I did. And I said, but, and it was, you know, it, I love loud quit. People. That's loud right. Quit. Loud, loud quitting. Quit. <laughs> loud quit. But it was quiet quitting up until the very end there and it was like i just kept letting go a little bit letting go but then it was the loud quit but there were signs along the way of and course. so like knowing that you know as as a person who leads a company like you have to be cognizant of burnout you have mm -hmm. to be cognizant of mentally like everybody's not going to be at a top-notch speed every day we're human beings like you said jan not robots mm -hmm. so creating a culture that allows space for that was top of mind for me when we built our company because mm. I, I just could not ever do that to myself again and then i also the people who are, are in it they are firm boundary setters like i'm you know this these are our times that we work if we need to send an email after hours maybe we will but we're not expected to, and that should not be the norm. And it has changed everything in my life because I feel like that for me caused stress, anxiety, like physical pain. Mm -hmm. And you don't want anybody to live like that. As a leader, you shouldn't want your team to live like that. So those red flags along the way should be, should be something to really take heed, take action on. Take yeah. heed. Observe. Take heed. Observe, ask questions, and then take action. Or if you are not as a leader in a place where you can make an ultimate decision in order to change the aspects of the position that are driving someone to slow down or are driving someone to make a different decision or, you know, look somewhere else. If you are not in the position to change that, you are in the position to be transparent about mm -hmm. that. You can do what you can, and then you have to be able to admit, hey, I can't do this. And then you have to let go of the fact that the person is going to make a decision that is best for them and their family. And there's nothing the fuck wrong with that. Nothing the no, fuck nothing. wrong. Yes. Nothing like wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing wrong. <laughs> it's like if this wasn't explicit, imagine how much we would be like filtering ourselves. I know. Uh, as soon as I started talking, you would need a sound engineer for me to come back. It would be like, <laughs> and then beep. And then yeah. she said beep, beep. It's like we can't get through the episode with Jan Janderson and no. her profanity. <laughs> we need beeps and flushes. We need, yeah, right. we need a sound engineer just for this one, Tracy. Let's I wish I could make that the, the title, like beeps and flushes, but people yeah. would be like, what the hell is this? Like, what is that? What is wrong with this girl? Happy 100, you know? Right. You know, it's it's this is a milestone. I feel like so blessed that I have you two to ring in this 100th episode with me. Like, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Like, there is no good topic for 100 episodes. I was like, screw it. No topic. How about that? That's, that's, yeah. I think that's a perfect choice. I do, too. I, I do have a question for you, Tracy. Oh. I've been thinking about this. Okay. What if you out of your 100 episodes could sum up just what this podcast does for you internally? Like for you as Tracy, how, what have you learned through the 100 episodes? Mm. 
I have learned that I can only do this alone for so long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that at some point, if, you know, we want this engine to, you know, keep going and to grow, that we're going to need to add some support, which is, uh, I think it's a great thing because that means that the podcast has grown and is growing. So I'm really glad about that. I've also learned that imposter syndrome is totally like a ruse. It's all in your head. I, right. Like it's, it's such bullshit. Like I, I did not start a podcast until October, 2020, because I was afraid of putting my voice out there for the masses. And while obviously I don't have like millions of listeners, there are still like many, many people who listen week after week. And there are moments where I'm like, why? Why are they why are you listening to me? <laughs> but then I realized like I care a lot and I do research and I try to, you know, I keep saying I try, but actually I'm not do I work to destigmatize HR and I actually feel like I've done that. So that is uh, something I've learned is that, you know, if I if I doubt myself, everyone else will too. So screw the Ugh. fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Oh my god, this is fun. This is yeah. Oh, Tracy. And I got to say, you know, you, you have a strong audience. They love you. I've, when I was on your show, people were like, oh my God, I loved you on Tracy's podcast. Aww. And like the, the thing is, is that they are so, they are so excited to listen to you and the people that you know, and your opinion. And I love that too. Like fucking poster syndrome Yeah, and stand, keep keep getting loud you know keep getting loud and we need i think for for you and for jan part i mean all of my i'm not in hr so i'm the anomaly here but I, my clients are hr and that mm -hmm. is you know a very big space for me and the world needs both of you they need Aww. the hr world needs both of your voices really loud and clear and the comedic relief you know i'm here for that Jan and you, Tracy. Bring oh, Jan is like expert level. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. If you ever want to be a, a writer for Improve It, Jan, you're hired. Oh, love it. okay. Well, thank hired. you. I'll I'll write a um a recommendation for Jan Janerson to yes. be a writer. On yes, I, I I will tell you. Thank you. It is a very very uh, special chemical concoction of uh, sarcasm and trauma. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely helped in some aspects and, uh, and hurt in others, but Hey, everyone can relate to it. And that's all that matters. It's true. That's you it. know, and then you add some music over your content, like the day, you know, where it's like, <laughs> we're just like running around, like chasing our tail. Just like, sometimes I like go to your Instagram and I look at something, I'm dead. I'm like, it's just amazing. And I'm sure that there are other HR people out there who are like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And then they go to your Instagram and they're like, this is hilarious. I know what yeah. I'm doing with my life. Everyone else is doing the same thing. So I know it's Jan Janerson, man. I, we are, and we actually, I kind of talked about this on in the intro that mm -hmm. w there are three of us here because Aaron and I basically were like the Jan fan club and we started the Instagram like DM chat group. And yeah. so here we are, the gal pals, the Jan fan club. I love it. Never been better. Yeah. And I, and that is the title of our group chat. It's Jan. true. It the Jan fan club. Yeah. The Jan. Jan I don't, fans. yeah, I don't think Jan that you'll ever be anything other to me, but Jan. Slash no. JJ. I think you will. That's you are, quite all right. I, well, I, I love that though. And honestly, when I, when you, 
I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cassandra Rose. When yes. we got introduced. And I said, yes. she goes, her name is Jan Janerson. It's the best. <laughs> it's literally the best play. On, it's the best name. It's and I think so if somebody out there should really call themselves Jan Janerson. But it just, it bleeds into who you are and the the truth in your comedy, which I think is awesome. That's really great comedy is the truth out there. And it's yeah. so freaking funny. I, it's and true. I, and Tracy, you too. I mean, you bring humor to all of your shows. You bring laughter. You bring light. And you also share the truth. Like you said, I, the destigmatization of HR. Yeah. And you know, actually, on this point, when I think about like where HR and Erin, I think you can probably even like think about this even more like specifically because you work with HR people. So you've seen the growth and the transitions. But when I think about where I started in HR and what that was like basically 10 years ago to where HR is as an industry today, like it has been a movement. There have been many changes and we saw through COVID that HR was like necessitated in a way that we had been like fighting for for years. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about the employee onboarding podcast by Process Street. If you care about crafting a magical experience for new employees and you love podcasts, you won't want to miss this. Join the Process Street team as they have conversations with people leaders and technology creators exploring the world's most magical onboarding experiences. You will learn cutting edge best practices, industry secrets, and technology to wow every new employee that walks through your door. I recommend the episode where Process Street CEO Vinay Patankar sat down with Zapier CEO Wade Foster to talk about how they've scaled employee onboarding in a $5 billion remote-first organization, and a conversation with Ben Eubanks discussing how to leverage AI and automation to improve the new employee experience will blow your mind. You can find the Employee Onboarding Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Go ahead and check it out, and don't forget if you're interested in supercharging your employee onboarding or other HR processes, go ahead and give Process Street a try. You can sign up for a free account at www.process.st or check out their YouTube channel for a bunch of webinars and demos. It's like, mm-hmm. listen to us, like we are going to help the business, like we're we're not the antithesis to business leaders, like we are business leaders. And now here we are, and I think like people are like, "Oh, HR is like kind of legit." So I guess like for the both of you, like what has been the most interesting or like compelling change within this industry that you've seen, Jan, from your own personal experience being in HR and Erin, for you, like working with HR people? So for me, I think the biggest, uh, the single biggest change that has trickled down into many of the different problems that quite a few workplace cultures had was forcing companies who would never have considered it otherwise remote and hybrid work. Mm. And it opened the door for micromanagers and other control-based, you know, management styles to go, huh, well, they've been working from home for six months and our profits are at record levels. Mm. Uh, Maybe I don't need to watch them all the time. And it opened the door for HR people who had been striving to get away from that micromanagement culture to go, 
how exactly do you want me to justify bringing people back to the office five days a week when for the last 18 months they have been doing the same job from home? Like, right. just you give me how you want me to justify that and, and I'll, I'll let you know if I'm going to do it. And most leaders couldn't give anything other than, oh, well, I said so. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. That's Bob. very that compelling, is, Bob. That is very so compelling. Perfect. As a matter of fact, I'm going to come back crazy. six days a week. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> With I that know, argument. Now I want to work 17 hours a day. Are you kidding? <laughs> because you said so. Woo-hoo. Like, Bob, I, I forgot. Think... You're so wise. Oh You're my so God. wise. Why didn't I think of that? Damn, Bob. <laughs> and for all the Bobs listening, we apologize. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say, Bob. Bob the Bobs you know, and we're... the Karens, right? Oh my God. Yeah, but Jen, I don't apologize. I, I, yeah, Tracy Bob, will apologize. Aaron, <laughs> because they are so much nicer than I am, but I ain't apologizing. Yeah. No, Bob, you know Bob. Who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you, the one listening. For right legal now, reasons, you. we're joking. We're joking. We're joking. We're joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep That's go, amazing. Keep going, yeah. Chad. Go with Bob. Go yeah, with keep Bob. going. Keep yeah. going. Rip Bob apart. Tell Bob. Yeah, yeah, tell Bob what you really think. Yeah, but that that was the single biggest singular change was the idea that it almost forced cultures that wouldn't do this. And I had been working in startup and tech and right before I moved into the vertical I'm in now and right before the pandemic. So to me, it was an absolute no brainer. And when my whole executive team was kind of panicked over the fact that we had like four days to move hundreds of employees to working uh, remotely, I was like, oh yeah, well, okay. So here's an SAS we can use. We can implement teams. We could do this. We could do that. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of looking at me like, you think this will work? Yeah, I've been doing it for seven years, but don't worry about it. <laughs> and it was just a no brand. And, it, and it, it spiraled. It started that win. And I've seen, and the you can look at it time and time again. You can see in every vertical across the United States, I'm just going to speak for the United States, but you can see it in every single vertical. The companies that embraced hybrid, even if it was a structured hybrid, like everybody needs to be in on Tuesdays and Thursdays, every single company that embraced either hybrid or at least uh, partially remote for certain populations retained many of their employees. And the ones that didn't lost it to the great reshuffle or whatever Mm -hmm. we're calling Mm -hmm. it this week. So, uh, yeah, that was, for me, that was the biggest and most compelling singular reason. Yeah, mm. I feel that. Erin, what do you it. think? I know. You know, this is interesting because I'm just thinking about a lot of the HR people in my life. Even my husband is in learning and development. And so um, it's interesting because I think HR has always been the heartbeat of an organization and it it got the recognition in the past mm three years that it deserved because, you know, I look at it as sometimes like HR seems scary. It's like, you know, you go to the party, there's HR, right? And instead it was actually, these people have cared about me all along. And now when I need them the most, they are my lifeline. They are helpful. They're telling me how to navigate. Do I come to work today because my kids got COVID or do I not? You know, there's like, Mm -hmm. and you're calculating the number of cases and you became almost like this, um, almost like the doctor or the nurse you talked about. Like an essential, yeah. Yeah, like an essential worker within yeah. the organization. And 
I know all of you were so tired. I witnessed that. And it, I think my husband worked the hardest in the past three years, and we're fully remote too, that he's had to work his entire career mm -hmm. because he was he was the go-to person, the inside therapist, the, mm -hmm. the go-to person. And so I really think that HR got the recognition and finally the sort of we're all that it has had all along, but I think leaders specifically noticed how crucial having the right people in HR is because sometimes mm. it's one of the first yeah. things to go and, you know, recession, all of that stuff. But truly I saw leaders really being like, I need a key player in my HR department. And then I saw HR leaders really stepping up, help being helpful. And you're in this, you're in this profession because that's, you care about humans. Like this is mm -hmm. why you do it. And it was right. really from my seat, really cool to witness. Um, the recognition being there that I think was should have been there all along. I totally agree. You know, when you're talking about um, the way that HR people became like essential workers, I had like a flashback of like, oh, my God, because I it was a crazy, crazy time. I mean, not only are you flying by the seat of your pants because you don't know what uh, tomorrow is going to bring, yeah. but also you, the business does not function without someone managing all of that. And that someone in my case was me and a colleague of mine. But in, in many cases, I mean, to your point, if the right person was not in the right place at the right time, I mean, things were failing and it was really it was the, probably the hardest um the hardest part of my career was like managing all that and and people seem to forget we are also human beings mm -hmm. and you know what the business doesn't stop and the person managing all of that covid stuff was a human being most of the time. I don't think there was any so I don't know anyone that used a software that managed that. It was always a human being and it, it was scary in the beginning. So I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, are our employees like going to be here tomorrow? Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree. First of all, I agree with both of the things that, or the things that both of you said. Um, and I really relate to this idea of like recognition and how we like finally got like the recognition that we deserved. But now I think that we're kind of going through another wave of like, really showing and proving our value. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there were some businesses that were like, oh, we don't have the right person in this role. Like I'm thinking of people who I know are really just like not people I would ever want to be associated with, like HR mm -hmm. leaders I would never want to emulate, right? And I'm like, how mm -hmm. did they survive that? culling like that's what i think of like you know you're culling like an overpopulation of deer like you know it was a culling of hr i, <laughs> I, I realize it sounds very dark but like... no i mean i i think it's spot on i actually have a theory about that in relation to what both of you said about getting that recognition i think another thing that happened quietly and not maybe in everybody's maybe in the subconscious and not the conscious, is that I think for the first time, most, if not all HR departments, got the opportunity to show strategic mm. HR. Yes. As opposed yeah. to transactional, administrative, functional. We were actually put in that seat to say, okay, we now need to figure out how we completely change how we do our business in relation to 
keeping our employees safe. Holy crap. We don't have a strategy. Do right? you? And those HR people that were able to embrace that and show that strategic nature, I think stuck around. So yeah. I think for the HR leaders listening, for the HR managers and upcoming HR managers listening, hold on to ways that you can continue to show value strategically. I think that's how those slippery little suckers got through the whole culling mm. because they continued to focus on how they could show strategic value, the transactional stuff, the administrative stuff, the functional stuff, things like candidate selection and performance management and payroll and yeah. customer service and benefit management. All of those are super, super important, but none of those things seem important to the executives and to the board of directors. Totally. What does is strategic HR. And so I think if that's what people are focusing on in terms of this second wave, as you're saying, Tracy, I think that they can come through not only again, but even higher than they were before. Which would be a wonderful thing. Like if people can grow through all of this, like that is, that is the ideal because then they're easier. People are easier to work with. Like, you know, you're not, you don't have to like lose all of this knowledge and then implant that knowledge in someone new. Like that is always, I think the best way to go. And, you know, on this point too, with, uh, just like this second wave, I think that we're seeing, businesses are like, you know, it, it went from businesses being in the driver's seat. I always talk about this to then the employee being in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like I'm going to demonstrate the, the business is trying to take back that steering wheel. They just yeah. keep pulling on the steering wheel. Of course they are. Yeah. Right. But employees are like, no, screw you. Like I'm maintaining control. And this is like coming back to quiet quitting. It makes me think that this is, you know, it's all a scam because, you know, the, the man or whoever is like trying Bob. to tell us, Bob oh, is Bob. trying to tell us that, you know, we, we have to go above and beyond and we have to hustle and we have to do all these things. But this is where HR can really step in. And this is definitely a strategic skill set to be able to challenge other business leaders in the way that they think and act like, you this is a cultural movement we have to like the united states has always been known as like the the country where like you have to break your back to make it but like do you like no. do you really no like no, you don't you have don't. to do that imposter syndrome exists at every level of a company and no one within the human population is immune to imposter syndrome, except for maybe actually diagnosed sociopaths. But I digress. <laughs> Not that yeah, I like have narcissists, any of those right? in my employer population. Um, <laughs> but Counting the narcissists on my... That's right. Uh. Imposter syndrome exists at every level. So call their bluff. Yeah. Call their bluff. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, this is the market to call the bluff. This is the market to empower yourself. Because there is somebody else who's out there literally with binoculars going, oh my God, where is this person? I need this person. Where is this person? Exactly. So yes. that's it. Imposter syndrome exists everywhere in every level. So call their bluff. I love yeah. it. And to that point, like I think, and I'm going to say this even for myself, I used to wear busy as a badge of honor. I mm -hmm. truly did. I yep. still wear it. I, I got to... I had to, I had to let it go, Trace, because I'm going to tell you, you know what developed from that badge? Anxiety. Sh anxiety. 
then CBD gummies, oh, then yeah. sho- <laughs> then shoulder pain. Okay, then oh, I do. Yeah. Pain. Yeah, so yeah. then I'm like, I asked myself when I look back, and I actually had a girl on my team say this to me back in the very beginning of starting Improve It. She said, I'm not sure if you feel like you need to be busy to like show that make you feel like you're busy and that's or or if you just are stressed because you're you're putting too much on your plate which is it and I said wow and then I thought about Mm. it and the reality was is that I was constantly feeling like oh my god oh my god because Mm -hmm. I felt like that's what made me feel lifted Mm. I felt that's what you know, I was supposed to do while building a business. This entrepreneurial culture is also kind of the same thing. It's like yeah. busy, 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 yeah. hustle, hustle. And that was like <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. A chill, a chill. I was like, Jen, are you okay? I didn't realize that. that <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. And this was like early, this was 2014. So this was like the boss babe movement. Oh, like please don't. We're all boss. I, I know. I, I know. Like, so why like, can't we just be boss? Yes, or why can't we like what no, what makes nothing. boss inherently yes. masculine and male? Exactly. I'm exactly. just a boss. Don't give me babe or girl. Exactly. So I was Please like, don't call me babe. Oh, you're, you know, it's oh, go ahead, Jan. Go, Jan. You're not an HR diva. I'm not an HR diva. <laughs> <laughs> not an HR diva. Like I can't. I feel physically ill. <laughs> oh, they're just I, I'm not gonna derail this, but my God, yeah, that that whole concept of uh, attaching like femininity in order to make it a different like it just upholds binary constructs and okay I'm I just can't like can I just be a diva and also work in HR do I have to be thank an you. HR diva thank, thank you as Beyonce said a diva is, is a, a female version female of hus- a hustler, hustler. right right but she's not you. saying that you can't be a hustler she's just saying right. that there's a term for it and it's diva yeah. and it's diva that's right okay that's right B <laughs> I've had many day. years to analyze yes. every yes. lyric she's ever sung Oh my God, I love it. But no, I mean, truly, I think that's the busyness, that whole mentality, the whole, that whole cultural phenomenon. It's, mm-hmm. it's now, if anything, if anything that these past three years taught us is life is short. Hmm. You, you only get one shot. Why not work for someone and work somewhere that brings you joy? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Don't put up with the bullshit. Quite right. Qu- Marie Kondo your life. Marie Kondo your life. Say thank you for the things that did not serve you and then move the hell on. Because I like that. It's too, it's too, um, it, it really does. Like, it makes me just reflect on a lot of the ways that I used to show up. And I'm, I discussed myself through it all. Like, mm. I definitely didn't call myself a boss, babe. But I'm like, wow. Thank God. Yeah. Why did you run yourself in the ground that way? Why do you, yeah. why did you think that that was good? And Surprise. This 100th episode is like a full therapy session. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Really this is. is good. I'm like thinking about this, like, you know, in, I'm internalizing all of this, like, cause I'm the busy person. I'm the one with a million things going on. My sister even said before I started this podcast, she, because I just finished my, I just graduated from my master's program. She was like, please don't use this time and fill it up with something else. Like, and because that was like, this is my, you know, who I am. And what did I do? I started a podcast, which I'm so glad that I did. You know, like I, I'm so grateful. I wouldn't have met the both of you if it weren't for this podcast. But this leads me to a question, which is like, 
How do you set boundaries for yourself when you run a business? Like this podcast is a business. Erin, you have a business. Jan, not sure I'm approved. Is a, like, you know, all of these things that take time, like we are contributing time outside of personal, our personal lives, our family, whatever. How do you, how do you create boundaries so that you are still super successful without sacrificing the things in life that you never get back, like time and growth with your family and things like that? How do you do it? You have to start by defining success in a way that doesn't align with capitalism and hustle culture. You mm. have to define success for yourself. And then once you get to that point, not what other people are going to see as success, but what you see as success. For example, I never look at my follower count on Not Sherm Approved as success. What I look at as success is when someone comes to me and tells me a story about how they took something that was either shared by another community member or shared by me and went, I took away, I took this away, I applied it to what I was doing, and now I'm much happier. Or mm. your, you know, your content just gives me that little breath of fresh air that I need in my day to reset. To me, that's success. Uh, I could, I could have. 20,000 people drop off tomorrow. And as yeah. long as the people that are staying are getting value out of the content, that's success to me. Do I get wow. to spend time meeting incredible women like you? That's success to me. I have not monetized that community and I probably never will. A, I'm really mm. bad at it. But B, yeah, you, should, I, you I really just, could. I don't, <laughs> but, so much but merch. I don't want it. But I, but I don't want it. I don't want to ever lose sight of the idea that mm. the community is based on community itself, not on what I can gain from the community, but what the community can gain from each other. Mm. Wow, I love that. Me too. I love that. Me too. Oh my God. I know that. So I always say too, it's like, like you said, Jan, what is success? And I have adopted this mantra. I did not make it up, but I have definitely tried to adopt it. And it's measure the amount of success by the amount of fun you have each day. Mm. Mm, there you go. That's a oh, man. good litmus. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I am taking, nine, I have a three-year-old. It's like, I'm taking you know, eight, nine hours out of my day to run this business. If it's not fun, why the hell am I doing it? You know? Yeah. And I really think a lot of it, and this has become more of a just sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not mindful, intentional, an intentional shift after having Jackson was I have to compartmentalize my day. And now because I work from home, there is no like downtime from being, Aaron, you know, improve it, Aaron, to mom. It's literally a one minute commute and just down <laughs> yeah. the hall, pick him up. And so it's like, I really have to set compartmentalized time. And that's how I do boundaries. It's like my mornings are for me. I get up before him, I work. And that's, that is my time to focus on giving my craft to the world. And I want to make sure that I'm enjoying it along the way. And I work with people that I enjoy and I get to do things like this that I enjoy. And then I have compartmentalized family time and I don't pick up my phone from 530 till like 738 o'clock at night until he's in bed. And then it's like, I can do whatever I want until I go to sleep, which is usually yeah. doom scrolling and being, you know, that's, <laughs> that needs to change. That needs I, to change. I deleted TikTok completely. Oh, deleted it. Too. 
it, it wasn't a show of strength. It was because I didn't want them tracking my keystrokes. So <laughs> I just right. deleted it. Uh, but yeah. like I have Crazy. I have to say it even though it wasn't me saying I'm not going to scroll all the time and I kind of still scroll a lot on Instagram. It has changed my mentality like because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can just keep going. And I hated the feeling that I had when I was just scrolling endlessly. And you just don't do it as much on Instagram. It's just like not the vibe. Um, And I have to say it's the doom scrolling has ended for me. It's much better. Okay. Yeah. Give me that. Highly recommend. I'm going to follow in your footsteps. That's my new mantra. It does take strength to keep it off of your phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I I actually, TikTok is not my weakness. It's actually Instagram. I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And so... I've had to, I've had to really try to, and you're right. I'm actually going to do a show about it because I went on a trip recently and I didn't look at my phone for three days except a family text. So nice. And it was like the, I, and that's how we used to live. Uh, I miss those days. I really do. <laughs> and I was like, why Taking my back. do I, I not need this in my life? I don't. So anyway, that's a whole other topic. I know. It's like, can we do our jobs without Instagram. Like if Instagram didn't exist, Jan Janerson, like where would she live? Oh would God. it be Tumblr? Would I, it, uh, do you remember the Tumblr days? Like yes, would it be a blog? I do. I don't, MySpace? I don't know. MySpace. Oh, MySpace. Oh, yeah. Lord. I'd add you guys to my top that's, four. That's what I was just going to say. Would we be in the, was it top, what was it? Top, it was so top some eight. T- top, top eight, eight yeah. but you top can, eight. you could have made it to top four. Um, there was one point in my life where I had, you know, I had people who were not so nice as friends and then they like ousted me and I was like, whatever, like I'm better off. And I like removed them and I had a top four instead of a top eight. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it's sarcasm and trauma, as Jen said. There's always <laughs> a beautiful blend. It's cozy mix. It's like right. an essential oil blend. You just dump it right in. <laughs> yes. Your, uh, Three drops of there. sarcasm, two of trauma. <laughs> Stir it around. <laughs> Put it on your wrist right before That's right. Yeah. Roller ball. No roller ball. There it is. Right. We aren't we? I mean, literally, what is what is human nature and what is the human existence if it's not like a little mix of trauma, the good times and some sarcasm? We all that's why, like, you can't compare your your bruises. You know, everyone's got bruises different, you know, like it, hopefully not physical bruises. But, you know, we all have our marks and we got to We've got to find ways to let them build us up, you know, and make not sure I'm approved, improve it and bringing the human back to human resources. Yeah. And just, yeah. And actually, thank you. On that note, for all the bobs out there, you know, (laughs) we are coming to a close on our time together. And I have to just quickly say a huge thank you to Jan and Erin for being my 100th episode squad because I literally have like I didn't even I was like oh my god I have 100 episodes like what am I going to do for that episode and I'm just so glad that we did nothing and everything at the same time thank you beautiful blend and happy 100 Tracy 100 thank you thank you you very much Thank you. Well, I have to say, I'm going to give you guys the mics and like if you have any closing thoughts or like even where people can find you, that's obviously, you know, Erin, you've been on the podcast before. Jan, I did introduce your Instagram, but I still, I want you to, I want you to, these listeners to be able to connect with you outside of this episode. 
so primary the the primary place for our community not sure I'm approved is on Instagram but we are also on Twitter uh, and I've started to dabble into TikTok but as it turns out being anonymous on TikTok doesn't quite work the same yeah, way it's hard yeah. yeah yeah I can't do all these fun little trendy dances and you know you should when <laughs> I try to do that stuff my poor 15 year old just wants to melt into the floor like oh my <laughs> god mom Stop. <laughs> I'm like, what's the matter? You don't like this? And I know like, more. Oh, yeah. I, I keep telling her all the time. I'm like, when you get married or whatever ceremony you decide to have, or if you just decide to marry yourself, I don't really care. But there is going to be music and I am going to get horribly drunk and I am going to dance. Yes. In the and most Aaron and I are going to crash that wedding. person way yes. I possibly can. Please invite us. Please invite us. For sure. I love it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, love. Okay. And also, um, Jan, we love your content, so oh please follow Jan because yes. it will make your day. I am Aaron Deal at on LinkedIn, the only one at Improve It, and then at Keeping It Real Deal on Instagram if you want to connect. And I'm just so thrilled to always have this opportunity to chat with both of you. You're both amazing oh. women. And I love, I love our little community. We I created know. a Champions. community. I know. Like, like a brunch group. It yes. really is. Ladies who brunch. We need mimosas next time. I next know. show, Actually, mimosas. we should have done that. That would have been good. That would have been good. Maybe I'll take a picture for Instagram for the 100th episode and like a little, you know, a yes. little mimosa in That's hand. a great idea. You could do a little coffee. Cheers. Cheers to 100. Little, yeah. A little Bailey's. And Actually, I haven't had, yeah, I haven't had coffee yet. I should probably do that well listen thank you so much for helping me and like bring this hundredth episode to life and thank you to all the listeners for sticking it out for two years i know 104 is technically the two-year mark but we're gonna call it 100 and because that is a milestone so thank you all so much and i'm just so grateful to know the both of you because it's just like my life is made every time i get to speak with you both thank you thank you yes thank you yes hugs Hugs. So many hugs around.